Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Ted Fleming, founder of Partake Brewing. The Partake team crafts great tasting, low-calorie, non-alcoholic beers that you can proudly drink without judgment on any occasion. The brand was born in Canada and is quickly expanding in the USA fueled by a $17 million Series B round a few months back with participation from Power Plant, Circle Up, Amberstone Barrel Ventures, and several others. Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, Ted. How are you? Doing great. How are you today, Daniel? Awesome. Thanks a lot for joining. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Partake. I spent way too much time at Expo West trying pretty much every single uh, product in the portfolio. Uh, just a, just a genuinely great product, very easy to drink, awesome flavor, um, and would love to just hear a little bit about your background and what got you interested in launching a venture in non-alcoholic beer. Sure. So my story, it goes back quite a ways, actually quite a ways before even launching the brand. I was diagnosed with, with Crohn's disease back in 2005, and, you know, that was the start of some big changes in my life, and a lot of them didn't really start to happen into 2010, I was, I was on a vacation in Europe with my family. I was a new dad for the first time. And unfortunately, I, I must have eaten something or, or maybe I was a little too lax in terms of my drinking. I was already starting to try to moderate at that, at that point, but hadn't fully given up alcohol and ended up in the hospital. And, and you know, during that time that I had by myself there, I kind of, you know, took that time to kind of look at like, what does the future look like for me? What's what's that future life that I want and how do I achieve it? And, and I came out of that with, with a great focus to improve the, the way I, I ate and the way I drank and giving up alcohol was a big part of that. And eventually led to me getting into non-alc beer as a consumer and then uh, launching Partake as a business, as I saw a great opportunity for craft non-alc beer uh, within the category. Yeah. And it's amazing, right? I think, especially over the last two years, this space is really taking off. Um, obviously athletic was a, was a great mover. And then you guys are an equally or better great mover as well with the, with the latest fundraising too. I think bringing on firms like Amberstone, um, and power plant is extremely impressive. And, and hopefully now you have some capital to, to really fuel the business to the next level. Um, could you just talk a little bit about partakes kind of story in general and how you kind of think about kind of what the brand stands for and what kind of consumer you're really going after. I think athletics been extremely specific on kind of the kind of consumer profile that they're targeting, which is one kind of strategy. And then it feels to me like you guys are more just focused on kind of broader health and wellness. And, and then maybe that benefits you because you go after a bigger kind of consumer demographic and would just be curious how you think through that kind of customer acquisition kind of strategy and targeting. Yeah, I, I think what you've said is is generally accurate. Like we've we come at this category, and it's it's tied to my own personal story of, you know, when I was trying to give up alcohol and trying to um, drink more healthily, I still wanted to socialize. I still wanted to go out with my friends and and share a beer and connect with them. And I felt invisible. Like there were no great options for me. It was it was water. It was soda. It was juice. 
um, there weren't adult options. And so the name partake, as it suggests, is, is about wanting to be part of that bigger social connection that happens over drink. And that's what partake is about. It's about inclusion. It's about fun. Uh, and it's about more broadly changing how society views people who don't drink in moderation. And we're on a mission to make that, you know, totally socially acceptable. And 20 years from now, just have, have someone go into a bar or restaurant, have a great suite of options in the non-alp adult space and um, not be judged and feel like they're, they're included and they're wanted and they're accepted. Yeah. I love that. I think it's super powerful. Um, and I think like, I'd also be curious to dig in kind of on the production process only because, you know, we've had a few non-alcoholic spirits on, it seems like with non-alcoholic spirits, while the production process can be complex for kind of the best quality ones, it's a bit more about kind of mixing, um, different ingredients together and less maybe about the complication of kind of de-alcoholization. Um, that may come with beer or wine. Could you talk a little bit about how it actually works to make like an incredibly tasting non-alcoholic beer and, and what kind of goes into that process in the back end? Sure. So non-alcoholic beer, it's, it's been around as a category for a long time. I think the, the traditional method that most non-alc beers have come to market with is a DL process. You take a 5% beer, you put it through, um, a separation process, usually heat. Sometimes now it's more sort of a membrane filtration process. Um, those are the macro beers you see usually using that type of process. European beers use a, a slightly different process called arrested fermentation. Um, doesn't require dealkalization, but requires a lot of process control within within the brewery. Um, I can't go into the too much of the specifics about what we do and why our product is as great tasting as it is. And we have the variety that we do and it's as low as 10 calories a can, which really blows away, you know, our, our consumers when they're like, this tastes amazing and it's 10 calories. But, you know, for us, it's a bit of a hybrid between, between those two methods. Right. Um, and when you think about kind of the future um, of Partake Brewing, of course, there's kind of the opportunity to continue bringing in new brews, new flavors, new line extensions. Um, but what is your kind of thought for the kind of future of the portfolio? And is it right now more about using this capital that you just raised to fuel distribution and brand awareness? Or is there also kind of a need to put some of that capital into further product development? Yeah, I think largely for us, it's around developing our, our, our market and our awareness. Um, you know, for, for listeners who don't know, we're, we started in Canada. and you know, we just got data out in the last month that said, hey, you're the number one non-alc beer brand, not just non-alc craft, but non-alc beer brand in all of Canada. And that's compared to like global giants like Heineken and Budweiser. And so it's like this David versus two Goliaths and we're winning in our home market. And we're trying to take that same, you know, that same message and, you know, the same way we built our brand in Canada, take it to the United States, which is obviously a much bigger market and has its own complexities. And that's really what the capital is for is taking this incredibly successful story that we've built and brand that we've built in Canada and take it to the U S in a way that uh, we can really scale. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting. I feel as though Heineken has put, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but at least like high, 
high millions trending in kind of between 60 to $100 million behind Heineken Zero, which I think is great for kind of the entrepreneurial community in that, right, it's bringing awareness into this category at mass. Um, and so I guess Heineken drinkers are probably much more willing to try Heineken Zero. But at the same time, I think you're probably bringing a ton more consumers into the category kind of for the first time with this new kind of brand that's different. It's different in terms of positioning. It's different in terms of quality and I would say liquid profile. Um, and, and I just think this dynamic between strategics like Budweiser as well, really going hard on Bud Zeros, you know, uh, this dynamic between strategics and kind of the entrepreneurial community, both kind of doubling down on this space is just awesome. And, and it just means that more consumers are going to become more aware of the options out there and, and adopt it at scale, which, which just is re really, really exciting. Um, yeah, we, we, to we totally agree. Like they're, they're playing such an important role of building just the big picture brand yeah. uh, or, or category story of like, hey, non-op beer mm -hmm. isn't what it used to be. It, it's had a bad rap for, for decades. And yeah. so, you know, the spend that they're putting into market about these refreshed products um, is certainly helping the category. And then we're offering like just a, a huge value, like a huge unique value in terms of like the craft nature of our products, the variety that we have, and then that calorie profile is what's really driving, you know, a lot of our success. And we're able to bring customers who came into the category through Budweiser or Heineken, we're able to bring them into the partake tent as part of their sort of weekly uh, right. beer buying uh, process. Yeah. Right. That makes total sense. And I think it's, it's interesting when you think through non-elk beer versus non-elk wine versus non-elk spirits, it's an easier consumer adoption to go from drinking alcoholic beer to non-alcoholic beer that tastes extremely similar to beer. Um, it seems intuitively that it's a harder, a harder change to go from drinking, you know, a non-alcoholic, sorry, an alcoholic spirit into this non-alcoholic spirit that has a completely differentiated liquid to what you've ever seen with the spirit, which I think is, it has a pro and a con. It's like, you know, it, if this is a new liquid that I've never tried before and is really redefining the boundaries of what a spirit can be, then maybe I'm willing to consume it in different occasions. And there's new volume pockets opened up for kind of a spirit that never existed before. Yet at the same time, I think like it's hard to then advertise it as a spirit if it's really kind of going beyond what a spirit liquid profile could be historically. With this, at the same time, I think with beer, it's the logical kind of first step for a consumer going into this non-alcoholic space because it's just a simpler transition. Liquids are the same. It's just simply a choice to, to remove the ABV. And then I think with wine, it's also like somewhere in between. I think wine in, in an ideal world, non-alcoholic version should taste the same as regular wines. Are we fully there with kind of the first movers? Maybe not quite. Could we get there? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's just, It'll be interesting to see how the evolution between these three kind of subcategories plays out because I think beer is kind of the first domino that then propels kind of wine forward and then spirits. It'll be interesting also to see if we see a similar pattern. Um, yeah, I, I think beer, like companies like Partake have done a fantastic job and there's others in the marketplace too that have have lifted the category into a, into a place where I think for most consumers, they can't tell the difference between our product right. And an alcoholic beer, like they're so they're so right. similar in terms of mouthfeel, color, flavor. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, 
they just say, I can't, I can't believe it doesn't have alcohol. I wouldn't know. And, you know, we sometimes have some fun when we're out in, in, uh, in a sampling scenario and just hand them a beer and say, Hey, just, what do you think of this beer? And they, they say all these great things about beer. And it's like, Oh, would you have guessed that it was non-alc? And they're like, yeah, no, no way. There's so, no way. I mean, especially with the liquid quality that you guys have, there, there's just no way. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that, again, that is such a huge, you know, asset for you guys, because it just drives conversion with such greater ease. Um, when you think about expansion strategy, are consumers buying this in grocery stores? Like, is that the channel that you guys need to go out and really capture to, to really scale the business? Is this more, you know, given that, uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have alcohol in it, I assume the, the kind of distribution that you can go after is a bit easier to manage because there aren't these, thir- these three, three tier kind of laws for non-elk in the US. Um, is that kind of where you see the business going in terms of expansion? And do you kind of use that proprietary advantage of not having to use kind of specifically alcoholic distributors to your advantage in terms of margin and so on? Yeah, like we, I think we were probably the, you know, and I, I'll, uh, I'll take some outside information on this if people have it, but I think we, we were partake the first uh, beer company in North America to launch just direct to consumer through online. Uh, we did that back in 2017 and that was a great channel for us to, to get across the U S and across Canada from, from day one. Um, but you know, it comes back to like, where, where are consumers looking to purchase the product online is great, great channel for us. It allows us to get, uh, get across state boundaries, but you know, at the end of the day, where are consumers buying it? And they're, they're looking for non-alc beer next to the, the craft beer. We're seeing so many consumers today who are crossover consumers. They will buy a six pack of their favorite craft beer and they'll buy a six pack of partake. And they'll just say, Hey, I cut my, I cut my drinking in half over the week and I'm not missing a beat whatsoever. And I'm, I'm feel better. I'm healthier. I've, I've uh, reduced my calorie intake. So, you know, that's the type of consumer that, you know, our category is evolving towards and being next to beer uh, the alcoholic beer set is incredibly important for us. And then that dictates, you know, how do we go to market and going to market with a beer distributor that gets us into that place in the store where consumers are are looking to find us. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's so great that this isn't just something that's being adopted by people who purely do not drink alcohol. Um, Cause I think that's one kind of consumer, but I think it's just a broader health and wellness trend where people like myself who, who do drink beer relatively regularly simply would just want to cut back a little bit without compromising on flavor. Um, and that I think opens you up to a massive, massive kind of TAM in terms of consumer base, because if it's just going after people who's, you know, who simply don't drink alcohol, um, that's a much smaller kind of group to capture. But then this group that is just trying to cut back, that is where I think this category wins big and is starting to really win. Um, yeah. and, and that was part of our early thesis as we looked at Europe and the example, you know, that they set in non-alc beer, you started to see, you know, how did they get to 5% of their total beer market or 10% right. in the case of Spain? How did they get there? It wasn't just people who didn't drink. It was a right. huge cohort of people that drank alcohol, but had a, a you know, specific use occasion for non-alc beer, or they, they integrated into their, their socializing in a way that uh, allowed them to moderate. And so that was sort of right. the thesis and the model that you know, we brought to North America. Yeah, it makes sense. I remember, cause same, same kind of story here with non-alcoholic wine and that I've talked to some brands who are you know, saying, 
well yeah sure like we we have a lot of pregnant women who are we're buying for us and that's one kind of consumer, but where a lot of our volume is happening is for people who, you know, used to have a glass of wine with dinner every night, but now maybe want to have non-alcoholic wine a few times a week instead of, you know, the alcoholic version. So that's what for me is really propelling my excitement for how big this space can get. I think if, if it's just becoming a, a regular health and wellness habit, just like kind of any other category, um, I, I think the sky is the limit here. Uh, I'd want to transition into just a different section of the podcast called rapid fire. So just to get to know Ted better, um, I'm going to ask you a few random questions. Feel free to, to come back with, come back to me with whatever comes to mind. Cool. Sure. Let's go. All right, man. Best part about living in Canada. Uh, best part. I'm going to go with something completely uh, unexpected snow. I got six inches of snow last night, but I'm going to go skiing this weekend and we got some amazing winter sports, which I, I totally embrace. Favorite alcoholic beer? Uh, I, I got to go back a ways in terms of uh, when the last time I had one was, but uh, I, en I enjoyed a, a brand called uh, Muskoka Brewing in Canada. And then in the US, uh, Sierra Nevada was, uh, was one of my faves. Maple Leafs or Canadians? Uh, Maple Leafs all the way. There we go. Um, last one, which is a little bit tougher question, but biggest mistake that, that you've made in kind of founding partake. Oh, wow. So many, so many mistakes I didn't make, but, um, you know, we've had such great success. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but, um, you know, I, I think at the, at the beginning, I, I just maybe wasn't thinking big enough about what the what the TAM was and where the market was going and, and lean into that soon enough. We're, we're certainly an early mover nonetheless, but um, you know, that might, that might just be one sort of lesson learned from, uh, from the past five years. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to predict how big kind of something can be. You're trying to be kind of modest and you're trying to take it step by step. And then all of a sudden you realize it takes a bit, a little bit to realize you're really onto something, which obviously you are. Um, and then last question we ask all of our, all of our guests is just what it means to you to subscribe to wellness. So what are some habits that you're focused on maybe on a weekly basis to ensure that you continue living, um, a healthy life while also balancing a demanding business and partake? Yeah. And, and a family, I've got three young, young daughters as exactly. well. So that's a, that's a huge part of my life. So yeah, wellness for me, like when I gave up alcohol, um, one of the one of the benefits was that my quality of sleep just went way way up like i just i could sleep fewer hours but the quality of those hours was way up it was such an enabler to to actually build a business from scratch while having crohn's disease while having a young family um that was that was huge for me uh exercise uh i have a personal trainer that comes in three days a week shows up at my door at 6 a.m like that's a huge life hack so that, you know, I don't lose momentum on, on the personal fitness side, and then just really um, try to play sports, both, you know, physically, but the social aspect of playing sports is, is important to me. So try to keep uh, sharp mentally and, and feel like I've got a good, a good social network to, uh, to um, support me over time. Yep. Those are great for me. Two out of three of those are right on with, with kind of my focus. So I'm playing tennis again, every, like every few days and, um, sleep for me is the thing that I'm trying to prioritize most. I wake up sometimes feeling like I didn't get enough done the day before, but then at least I wake up with energy ready to tackle those things that I might be a teeny bit behind on. 
Um, so yeah, couldn't agree more. Anyways, thanks a lot for joining. Where can our listeners learn more about Partake? Yeah, you can find us online at drinkpartake.com. And uh, we're also on Instagram, Partake Brewing uh, as well. So please uh, visit us there or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty open and pretty social on LinkedIn. So please reach out if you want to reach me, reach me directly. Yes, I've loved the post recently and always a pleasure speaking with you and, and thanks a lot for joining today. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.